everybody, and welcome to another very foreboding. It sure sounds like foreboding, it. but special episode of Ignite Radio Live. It's a little bit. Wait, wait, wait over what? Uh, well, I see. I, I'm in the middle of the music, Jesus of Nazareth, and I'm just aware of the the. I don't know the difficulty of. Certainly, we're in Lent, but God's Spirit is alive and present among us, and we're going to hear that tonight. So, anyways, I'm going to start again, and and forget that we're listening to foreboding music in the background. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Very blessed to be with you, Stephanie and Greg Schleter, in a room full of very on-fire, awesome, young Catholic disciples of Jesus Christ. Say hi, peoples. Hello. Oh. <laughs> wow. Let's, let's hear a little more on-fireness, people. Yeah. That was pretty on fire. <laughs> so... Joseph, you can uh, cue the music out, but just folks being mindful, this is, um, we're during the Lenten season and we're um, entering into the desert with Jesus. And, of course, um, this proceeds. He goes into the desert, right, as, a, as an image, uh, and he's battling the devil. He's battling these human temptations, these human challenges. And he takes, he takes, on the, he takes them on, and, uh, and he wins. Um, and he comes out of the desert, it says, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be mindful that as we're going into the desert, as we're facing each of us, our challenges, um, the way in which other things compete for our affections, whatever they may be, of body, of soul, of mind, of relationship, we all have them, or we'd be in heaven right now. If we weren't, if we were perfect, we would not be here right now. And so what an opportunity we have to go with Jesus, to recognize the debris, the stuff, the junk in the way from that Niagara Falls of Grace flowing through us. And as I said, the end point isn't just that we're being emptied. The end was coming out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we um, have shared uh, very often on the radio and in our uh, parish ignition conferences, if you will, um, parish missions, that there's really four movements we see in every drama, every movie, every book that you read. We see kind of four main movements. And what are those four Those four main movements. Well, you know, the secular thing is you've got the protagonist, the dudes, the people, the person who begin at point A. That's a no-brainer. Obviously, you got something, you know. And then point B is they go through a crucible, they go through a struggle, a crisis, a challenge. Think about the movie you have in mind, your favorite movie, whatever, Gladiator, Lord of the Rings, you know, for Robert, it's Lassie, Come Home, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it is, you know, think Don't of your say, I like Lassie, Come Home. So you get the crucible as movement B, and you come through that crucible, that fire, into movement C, where we more fully are aware of our identity, we're more fully aware of what we were made to do, and that informs part D our mission. So protagonists begin, they go through crucible point B, they come out knowing their identity. Every movie you can ever think of has these four movements. And they come out on the other end so they know their mission. Um, and they're, they, they embark on that mission with greater vigor. So let's give some names to these. Life, death, resurrection, Pentecost. The end is not just being emptied, it's being filled so that we overflow. Those are the movements in between life death, resurrection, and Pentecost. From life to death, we're being emptied. From resurrection, I'm sorry, from life, death. Death to resurrection, we're being filled. And from resurrection to Pentecost, it's overflow. So we invite you all to think about, you know, again, the movies you like, the books that you like to read, and recognize how many billions of dollars are spent every year to spectate these. We sit back and we spend money on them and we watch them. But the Lord wants to awaken us to the fact that we're called to be not spectators, but participants. He wants to awaken us to the awareness that we 
are undergoing this reality of Christ, his very revealing to us our nature. When we had amnesia, he, God in the fullness of time gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to reveal to us our nature and our ultimate drama of life, death, and resurrection into Pentecost. Jesus came out of the desert and full of the Holy Spirit. So tonight, you know, we're, we gather every week for this, Ignite Radio Live, to um, keep it real, to talk about the realities of our own places in this journey, and it's ongoing. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Lent tonight. In fact, I'm going to invite anybody, if you want to call in, if you've got a good story for us uh, that you want to share of the difference that um, th- that's being made in your life as a result of this Lenten season, maybe it was simply a conversation, maybe it was a struggle that you gave up for Lent and the difference it's making, and maybe orienting that hunger more to God than that thing that maybe, you know, you've given up. Um, How are you finding yourself in a different place, in a better place? Can I tell a story? Of course you can. Okay, so as you were talking, all these wonderful things, um, in particular focusing back to Lent, I thought of um, our daughter Catherine when she was a little lady, a littler lady, as a little toddler, and absolutely detested, and that is not an understatement. In fact, bold it, underline it, detested Lent, because as a family, we don't do sweets or desserts, um, don't eat much between meals, and she would just, 40 days, how many more days, and she would wake up in the morning and ask, is it still Lent? Yes, Catherine, it's still Lent. I hate Lent. You're not allowed to say hate. I don't like Lent. So Lent, week after week after week, which seemed like an eternity in her little, you know, young life um, passes by and all of a sudden Easter comes and she wakes up and and, um, and says, it's not Lent anymore? I said, nope. She goes, really? Lent is over? Yes, Catherine, Lent's over. So Jesus, he's not on the cross anymore. He's off the cross and he rose from the dead. Yes, Catherine, isn't that awesome? Yes, when's he coming over for supper? <laughs> Which was a great lesson yeah. to us because that's the message of Lent. To, in her mind, Jesus was such a real person. Mm. And so now that he's risen, you know, like, why can't he come over for supper? Because we always have people over for supper that we love and enjoy. But just that reminder of personal relationship, growing toward that Jesus is a real person, desires to um, commune with us. And so anyway, that's my little awesome Lenten memory. So folks, here's the number. Tune in, you're tuning in to Ignite Radio Live. And uh, the number that you can call in anytime you can interrupt us and share what God is doing in your life. You know, difference that your Lent journey that he's making or you're experiencing in your Lenten journey. Be bold. Break the ice. We talk a lot about Revelations 12, 11, and we always set the stage. Do we not see the enemy around us? Reading the paper, looking at the news. In our own homes, family, friends, do we not see the work of the enemy? In our own souls, if we're honest. And in that passage, Revelations 12, 11, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, so the Holy Mass, Jesus Christ's sacrifice on that cross, conquering every temptation by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We need to be a people as Catholics. We know we don't do this well, but we're called to. And uh, through the 2,000-year history, it is the testimony of the saints that caused this church to grow. 
Think about that. How do we know our faith? It wasn't, uh, didn't just, the Bible didn't descend out of the skies to us personally. God probably didn't open up the heavens and speak to us directly in an audible way. It was through a parent, through a brother, through a sister, and it's part of the reason we have these young people here today to kind of share with us um, maybe a, a difference maker in their life. Share with us somebody or something that has made a difference in their life. Uh, we'll go very soon, uh, return to them with that. But I'm calling you to, I'm inviting you to call in and share with us a testimonial. So how do they interrupt us? 877-275-8098-877-275-8098. Before we do that, though, we're going to pray. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, you have us here right now for a reason. This moment is sacred. This moment is holy. You revealed yourself to Moses in the burning bush in saying, I am who am. Not I was. So even though five minutes ago you were there then, or a year ago, or five years ago, or 30 years ago, you were there in those moments. But they do not exist for us here and now. This is a new moment, a new door you open up for us to uh, say yes to you, God, for us to be mindful, maybe even not simply saying yes to you who are always pouring in on us, pressing in us, but to be mindful of the debris and the stuff and the clouds that we all have that stands in the way of experiencing that Niagara Falls of grace that you want to flood us with, God. And we thank you that you give us a gift over this radio station, Deacon Mike and the whole crew, um, that you allow us to do this together. Holy communion, literally with union, Lord. We thank you that uh, this, this gift of yourself that we call Eucharist is also called Holy Communion. And it's meant to be not just something on a Sunday that we partake of individualistically, but to draw us into a community, a communion God that encourages and loves one another, that's conscious of the fact that each of us have our struggles and challenges. And God, that we go to battle for one another. Right now, make us mindful. Who do we need to go to battle for tonight? A spouse, a child, a brother, a sister, who's struggling? And maybe, Lord, make us mindful that we often don't go to those that uh, bother us, annoy us, aggravate us the most, the ones we most need to pray for. Who is that person, God, tonight? And awaken in us a desire not simply to seek your grace, God, that we're filled with it, but flood us, God. Let your grace flow through us in this season. Let us be those people, God, that are your hands, your feet, your words, your heart, your healing presence to this world. We do thank you for your grace. We thank you that it's powerful, that it's not just a myth. And we do call upon that grace, that power, God, right now to, uh, to just flood us, God, and make us aware that you are truly with us right now and you want to do great wonders. You parted the, you parted the sea, Moses parted the sea, and the great works that um, you did of old, Lord, through him, with him. You want to do the same with us and even greater, it says in Scripture. So we say, yes, Lord, do your thing. We avail ourselves to you. Increase our belief. We ask this in your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So again, this is live calling Tuesday night, 877-275-8098. A difference, a difference that's being made in your life in this Lent. And as we're waiting for you to call in, if you choose, whoever's going to break the ice. Oh, you will choose. Yes. We're going to go to Stephanie's left. And introduce yourself and, they can all see and tell us a recent difference <laughs> that has been made in your life. Uh, some, just give testimony to something that God has done recently in your life right. to make himself known. Hi, my name is Sarah. And um, just something that God has revealed in my life like throughout Lent um, has been that for a large portion of my life, I've been letting fear control me. 
And um, God has just been calling me out on the waters to do so much and um, just like crumpling up my fear and throwing it out and um, just helping me to be bold and courageous and following his calling for me. So, yeah, that has been super powerful for me. That's awesome. And um, just a point here. Um, speak to those people right now, Sarah. Uh, I know, by the way, Sarah, uh, <laughs> we're blessed to have her. Right? She's like an adopted daughter, a little sister, um, very active with our monthly Catholic family gatherings. And all these guys are involved with the Lit Group, which is really mm-hmm. cool, that gathers weekly and their leadership team with them, which just makes it cool. Um, so, Sarah, something pretty cool you found out within the last couple weeks. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I actually just found out that I will be serving as a missionary for the entire year of 2017-2018 at Damascus Catholic Mission Campus. And um, right now there's currently eight of us total, uh, six guys and three girls, and I'm so blessed to be on this mission with them and to just <laughs> continue um, like living a life of faith and surrendering everything I have for the sake of the kingdom. And if people happen to want to donate to help you be a missionary, <laughs> how would you direct them? And if you don't know, just point to me and I'll give them my email or something. I don't know if you have a, um, a, a connect point. Yeah, if you'd like to donate, um, I you can email me at sarahnoltner at gmail.com, all lowercase, Sarah with an H, and Noltner spelled N-O-L-T-N-E-R. Um, I'd love to talk to you about more like what I'm doing on my mission and how you can support me. Um, or um, you can go to cysc.com and just go to their support page and click donate now. And then so superstar Sarah Noltner, very excited. <laughs> her her dad and mom, very involved as adults, and that's exciting for us, whole families, uh, missionary families. And you heard um, frequently the Catholic Youth Summer Camp, Dan Demite, Amber have been on this very often, and we had uh, last week Brad, forget his last name, he's got a fun last name. Karen. Piran, thank you. There we go. Brad sharing with us, and once a month we do clue into them, cue into them. So excited to have, quote unquote, one of our own who is going to be there uh, full time for a year. Really cool. All right, let's pass the mic to the young lad to your right. Um, left, that is. <laughs> the other right. Like, uh, I can't sorry. do math. Um, we, uh, for Lent, I who are you? just have noticed in my own life. Um, and who God, are you? Robert Kelly. <laughs> I Everyone should know the voice. Ooh, Come on, yeah. people. Hopefully. Um, but God recently in Lent has just revealed to me just as I've kind of tried to uh, make different commitments or sacrifices during Lent and just watched as I have tried and failed sometimes, just <clears throat> realizing how much um, I need to rely on God and to be able to trust in Him because obviously I can't do it on my own. And so just Him showing me that through just watching myself fail it has been a humbling experience and just uh, helped me realize that I need to rely on Him at all times and that if I try to do it alone, I'm not going to be able to do it at all. So just... That's just been a humbling experience that God has kind of revealed to me lately, uh, just in this Lent and recently. Robert, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, what's the benefit of not having to take all this stuff on your own, but to have a community of uh, brothers and sisters around you to uh, kind of journey with? How important is that? That is, that's huge. Um <laughs> For me, I I find it so, 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 so much easier to um, journey with others around you. Like, it's prayer in a community for me has been the strongest prayer I've ever had in my life. Um, For me, like, it has become so central to me that as soon as I step outside that, I get, that's where I start to uh, be shaky is because I don't have all those brothers and sisters right there. But the thing is, 
you don't have to be present with them at all times in order to still have their support. I could, I know I could call your sons, Joseph and John Paul, at any time. I could call Sarah at any time. I could call anyone here at any time if I was struggling with something, if I needed help with something, if I needed prayers. And I do that frequently just because I know it's something that I can always rely on, and it's just a huge, huge um, thing to have a uh, community like that that's striving for the same things, that's struggling with the same things, that's having the same type of victories. And that's just something that I found is the strongest uh, point for me to connect with Christ. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. The lovely young lady to your left. Now that I got my left and right down. (laughs) Hello, uh, my name is Allison. And throughout this Lent, I've just been working a lot on self-love and self-confidence. And I guess God has just revealed to me just the his great love for humanity and how beautiful and individual and precious each one of us is to him. Allison, that is just so honest and so beautiful and so deep. And you just kind of like blew me away there <laughs> because you, you know, you're a beautiful young high school lady who said, you know, self-love. And, and how many people I think who are listening right now regardless of age, maybe struggling with that, and maybe you're too embarrassed or too ashamed to admit that, you know, gosh, when I look in the mirror, I really don't like myself, or, or I'm giving into the whispers or lies around me, but if you don't mind, like, share with us a little bit about what is the nature, especially for a high school young woman, in struggling with, what does that mean? And maybe just speak to that person out there who's, who's maybe experienced that, maybe give them a step they might take. Um, well, I think the problem or the biggest struggle young women maybe in particular have is just the standards of beauty that we have and what we think we have to go through to be beautiful. And then the world makes us, you know, compare ourselves to others or like makes us think that we have to live up to certain expectations. So um, me personally, I've just stopped wearing makeup this month and just tried to accept myself for how I am and how God made me. And I've just been spending a lot of time in prayer and asking God to help me see myself how he sees me so i guess that would be my advice to just ask god to help you see him yourself how he sees you so i just is awesome and i have to say this i could say this about any one of you young people here but uh allison there's a glow about you you know, I mean, you have a glow. I mean, there's a, there's a light in your eyes, and there, and there's a definitive, like, beyond just physical, a glow about you. We've talked about this before on air, that, and it was really um, particularly when we got back from Ave Maria, and the contrast of going from Ave, Ave Maria University to my alma mater, Miami University of Ohio. And believe me, God loves us all, and that's the whole point. He fashioned us for himself. He fashioned us for the glow. He fashioned us to know his love. And uh, the, the distinction, the contrast of going from a university and again we're all struggling we're all on a journey but where there's a kind of glow about those at Ave Maria University where our daughter's at who have a sense of what they're about who know that dignity and that beauty beyond what the quote-unquote world says then to Miami of Ohio and we're uptown it's five o'clock and and um there's a heaviness there's a there's a um you know a, a bewilderment kind of like a confusion you just almost feel like a cloud hanging over them and I've heard that said often even if people go to like Steubenville or a campus like that and again and there are pockets of grace everywhere. We had friends at Miami of Ohio, friends at many places, and we're called to be that light. We're not called to just be among ourselves, right? We got to cultivate that glow and prayer and grace and bring it. But just for our audience to be mindful, um, I think it is palpable. God wants us to glow, and we all have moments where we're not glowing because we bought the lie, we've bought the whispers, we've bought the, the doubts, and um, we've talked a lot about that Neil Lozano's book, Unbound. You know, we need to maybe forgive others, or maybe need to apologize. Maybe that's 
some of the debris. And my kids, Annie, Joseph, and John Paul, we read this book. And the other thing is to renounce stuff in our lives. So to encourage listeners, name it. What is it? Is it self-doubt? Is it hate, self-hatred? Is it bitterness? Is it contempt? What is the thing that's, that's haunting you right now that you in the name of Jesus Christ need to say, name it. I, I name bitterness in the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce you. Um, Allison, I was trying to find a quote quickly, and I can't find it, so I'm going to paraphrase it, and I don't even remember where it's from. This is not an original, folks. (laughs) But just listening to you and knowing that struggle for most people, regardless of the age, in particular for the female genius, and we are genius, so why do we struggle so much? But just um, the quote goes something like, when I am feeling unworthy, unloved, and inadequate, I straighten my crown, and I remember whose daughter I am. Mm. And that hit me one day very hard, like just that if, like you're saying, to meditate on that, how God sees us. Mm -hmm. You know, we are fearfully, wonderfully made. Mm. We are his son. We are his daughter. And just that remembrance of, you know, he sees goodness and beauty and how he created us and sent his son to die for us and that whole notion of claiming the truth of remembering to whom we belong amen (laughs) the young man to your left hi i'm nick um i've been devoting myself this lent to really um staying away from a lot of bad influences and devoting myself to prayer a lot because um well specifically with like my worries and my um my insecurities because mm-hmm. I'm going off to college um, soon and I am super worried about it. Um, I'm going nine and a half hours away and I will know nobody there. So I've just been praying a lot about it and devoting myself to that so that I can, you know, feel better about um, the move and just, you know, in my head accept it and kind of have God along with me on that journey when I won't have anyone else that I know around me. Nick, that's awesome. I'm going to put you on the spot too because I know I'm, I'm among, that's what he does very I'm among well. courageous young disciples who uh, who give witness. So, Nick, where are you at now versus a year ago in your spirituality? Oh wow! And what's made the difference? Well, um, I'm not a, asking for details, but no you know. yeah. But um, a year ago, I was lost. Honestly, um, I was lost many months ago, actually. Um, it wasn't until I actually, um, Justin Schneblin invited me to Lit Group, and that really Pause opened for a moment, eyes. Justin. Raise a glass. <laughs> Love you, Justin. Schnebby. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. But, um, but yeah, he, he really opened my eyes, and I came, I came to Lit, and it's really opened me to my faith and really gotten me um, more present in prayer so this mass this lit like group is that you guys drink or like <laughs> you get lit what is no it? no um <laughs> saturday nights we will um go to your house to sleep. <laughs> oh, you, oh that's yeah, what's going on saturday nights it's crazy i've been wondering what's going on yeah. there it's crazy but um <laughs> no we'll we'll uh we'll have a lot of deep discussion and just some lighthearted stuff too but we'll also devote the night to prayer and um and t- you know strengthening the community um, of Christ and so that we can you know evangelize and help spread the word to others and now we are even at 50 people plus awesome. I think praise so God. praise God just, we just are. a little clarification so the uh, the faithful listeners don't call the station and ask why we're providing alcohol to these young people <laughs> anyway go ahead Nick I'm sorry. but yeah it's it's been awesome and it's really opened up my faith life um, the last few months and it's it's just helped me along my journey and i now am more present in prayer and i don't just 
go through the motions in mass i actually am present and i really understand it now that is really Very inspiring cool. to all of us and i think to our listening audience two things points maybe want to make and open up for a moment we're speaking mostly to grandparents and parents out there hopefully through podcasts we'll get younger people also but a lot of those folks i think have reservations in opening this door of faith and meaningful conversation because they're afraid or they think that young people don't want to go there and i do understand it's a little weirder if it's your parents or it's adults i get that kind of thing but in the ideal world you know we do families are places where we can kind of open the door and talk about this stuff. Um, my question more is just to kind of convey to parents, do young people and youth ministers out there, do young people, for lack of a better phrase, do young people want to be real and get real about what really matters in their lives? Are they pining for opportunities to do that? Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> kind of a no-brainer um, question. Yeah, yeah. No, but, um, but to, to share with our audience yeah. how important it is, how much your no. peers want that. It's We really do want it, and it's awesome because, you know, when I came to the group, it was just, you know, awe-inspiring, you know, and I was just so amazed at how many people actually wanted to strengthen their relationship mm-hmm. with Christ and actually move towards Him. And because, you know, it's a tough topic to talk about in school, Sometimes, even at a Catholic school, sometimes um, it's difficult, but it's really um, been refreshing, I guess would be a good word, um, to meet with a bunch of people that really get it and really want to work on the relationship. Awesome, awesome, awesome. To your left, a voice that is becoming familiar with many of us. We think we're kind of uh, going from a brass microphone. Steph and I, we're, we're fostering golden microphones down the road with these young people. And uh, Abby, we're blessed to have her. I already introduced her here, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> chime in here, Abby. Hello. So I'm Abby. And um, Lent, I'm going to be honest, Lent is... <laughs> An awful time for me. I really hate Lent. <laughs> but that's right. Yeah, me and Catherine. He's uh, coming off the cross, Abby. Uh, soon. Um, but Lent is has always been super, super hard for me. Um, just because before I go into it, I'm like, oh, this year's going to be different. Like, I'm going to do so much, and it's going to be so much better this year. And, like, just go in with this, like... Um, gung-ho sort of attitude and then each year I fall flat on my face before the end of the first week and that's been happening a lot more frequently this year I've noticed and I just kind of got to a point a few days ago actually where I was like uh, you know what gives like why is this so difficult for me and it really just stood out to me that I'm not really trying Um, I struggle a lot with complacency and just um wanting comfort without realizing that I want to be comfortable um, and just being lazy in my faith and not really wanting to um, strive for greatness. So that has been a smack in the face. So Lent has been uh, quite intense and eye-opening for me, but it's definitely been a needed um, smack (laughs) and sometimes right that that failure um before god is an opportunity for us to go ever deeper in his mercy at any time not waiting for that magic moment of the beginning of lent so to speak but to realize as we said i am who am this moment and the blessing of brothers and sisters right that you can that that's a great testimony i appreciate your candor there 
since I am being the quotable one tonight, <laughs> I have a quote. Yay! <laughs> um, actually, our daughter Annie, that we were blessed to have a quick visit with this past weekend at a family confirmation, um, shared this with us, and it's by a person, have no idea who this is, but T.B. LaBurge. That's that- my secret name by <laughs> the voice so listen to this beautiful quote the greatest tragedy in humanity is when we do not wrestle with god when we become so apathetic that we are but a limp rag doll in the hands of a mighty lover who wishes that we fight back that we embrace him and choose to find truth christ will seek the ends of the earth for the one sheep that has gone astray he will fight the darkness to find his beloved But when he holds us in his arms and we do not show any sign of life, then it is the heart of a king that is broken and all of creation will moan in the loss of another soul that was meant to dance in the courts of heaven. Take your doubts to Christ. Let this fire grow inside you and become aware that he is wanting a heart that beats and seeks knowledge. He wants a mind that thinks and learns wisdom, and he wants a soul that cries out for help when it seems impossible to find, because he broke down the gates of hell to rescue his bride. He is coming with a righteous fire in his soul and a joy that will wipe away every tear from your eyes. You just have to be willing and ready. Dang. Amen. To Joseph. Very (laughs) awesome. Good stuff. Right on. Jose. Oh, yeah, that's me. Cuervo. Uh, I am Joseph. Who's going to speak right Schleter. into his mic? Can you hear me? Kind I can of... hear myself. <laughs> you go for it, It's then. just not the best microphone. Oh, you know what? That's okay. There we go. Um, he's working soundboard while he's talking to us. He's multitasking. multitasking. I'm Joseph Schleter, the favorite of the family. <laughs> Actually, that's not even true because Robert's here, so I can't even claim that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Lent has been awesome for me. I've, you know, just it's. I'm I'm more of an Advent kind of person usually, because it's just like you get that like quick shock that you need, and it's like you have those intense days, but they're also like rejoicing and kind of celebration as well because Jesus is coming, and it's just like an exciting time, but it's also a preparatory time, and I've just really kind of like jived with that theme of like preparing the house for God, and so Lent has always in the past I've. I usually like try to, I always end up overdoing it, which I, and then I end up underdoing it kind of like I'll come into it with all these expectations and things I'm going to do and then I'll fall short and then I'll just end up kind of underdoing it. I'm making that a word, but that's cool. And, um, this year's just been really awesome because I've really, instead of focusing on like doing things or not doing things so much, like, yeah, I still have those things, but I really just made it a time of really just diving into my faith and like just like these this no compromise thing i'm just like all in for christ like i want to be all in no compromise holding nothing back just completely in it for christ and um doing that through like intentional prayer and um intentionally just like i've really made it the focus of like all sorts of i guess input um and what i'm listening to or um reading or anything is all like christian based and that's just like been like really cool because I'm just like being completely flooded with God and his message. And that's just been super powerful. And this, just this opportunity to dive in, no compromise, and really kind of figure out what does it mean to live faith on the next level. Very cool. Really awesome. We are going to uh, go to the reading now, actually three readings. And before we get there, um, just a preface for our listeners. Um, if you went to our website, our new website that you should 
really all go to, massimpact.us. Um, at the top, it really kind of conveys what we're all about and what we desire. Not another program, a way of life in Jesus Christ. And I want to just make it clear, we're not saying not a program, or there's anything wrong with programs. In fact, all of us here have been blessed by programs, and God gives us programs, and they all have great purposes. But we find, as a married couple and families and united with these young people in a community, that the greatest challenge is that it overflows from that program, that retreat, that book, to a way of life. And that's the challenge. And it's not just a challenge for us individually that we emerge from Tech Grisio, Ignite, whatever, that we emerge from these personally committed. The greater challenge is the Trinitarian challenge. It's not just this personal relationship with Jesus, but Jesus ushers us into the life of the Trinity, that we are of the fabric of the Trinity, that in our capacity to love, we are called to make God who is love known. So it's not enough just to, uh, you know, rest it on that great memory of five weeks ago or five years ago. Literally, God wants us to be living in this light of his grace, and he gives us one another, especially families, but also groups. He, he designed us for this, and he created us for this, and how often are we really doing that? I just want to maybe pose that question to you out there. How often are your conversations, your connections, your morning coffee, your school, your families, how often do you find that you're structuring that time or leading in a way where we're encountering God more fully alive in us? So our website, we, our mission, our movement is about this, and in perfectly, by the way. We're on a journey in this, but we want to tap that grace of, of God alive in our marriages, in our families, overflowing to the world. So we challenge people to commit to just 45 minutes a week to talk and pray. These young people are telling you they meet for, what is it, four hours, probably? Five. Five. And we're kicking you guys out, really, at 1230. So these young people who are all athletes, most, many of them are athletes, and they're in drama and plays. They're very busy people. They commit four or five hours a week to gathering. As they said, 50-plus people came last week, and uh, the average is probably 40-something. And they're doing this. Why? Because it's a staple. It's a, it's a you know, oasis. It's coming to the well that we heard of in the gospel last Sunday with streams of living water flowing through us when we open the store and structure it for this kind of encounter. And we get it, Dad, Mom, you know, uh, friends. We get that it's difficult to maybe open the door for that to happen. And so we want to create a context for that encounter, and we challenge you to commit yourself, parents, to just 45 minutes a week, set aside the devices, the stuff. You're going to get kids whining and complaining. Maybe the parents are going to complain, right? But to set aside, turn off the NCAA tournament because all our brackets are busted anyway. It doesn't matter, people. And the only bracket that matters is the one that's going to be victorious, and that's Jesus, right? So if you're voting Jesus, you got the winning bracket, okay? Year after year after year, day after day. So set aside that time. Commit yourself to talking and praying. we got the guide there for you. And not only online, um, but we've got this awesome app, too, and you can download Download it free, massimpact.us forward slash app. And um, you can get the readings, get the whole gig. It's exciting for us to see as people are doing this and as we hear entire families telling the transformation story of what's going on there. So um, we are now in front of us uh, looking at the readings for this coming Sunday. The gospel's three pages. I know. I'm not, we're not oh doing goodness. the full gospel. That's right. We're going to speed read it. Praise God, Joseph. Yeah, we're going to. That was excitement in my voice. Yeah, oh, we're going we're gonna to read that like. Uh, 
uh, auctioneer. Anyways, no, we're not. <laughs> that would be disrespectful. But you know, we we are going to uh, go to the we are going to go to the reading, the second reading of Ephesians. And if one of you young people, since I cued you already, have it in front of you, and as my dad would say, speak up Dude, and slow Nick down. Nick has like the perfect radio voice. Okay, Nick. Oh, Nick just got volunteered. Oh, I volunteered. <laughs> awesome. Okay, let's. Uh, Nick's voice so let's, is so soothing. You can you can take that up with Joseph later, Abby. Awesome. Thanks, Joseph. You're welcome. Oh, so let's. Let's collect ourselves. Let's uh, <laughs> let's focus and enter into the second reading. And mindful, even if we did nothing more than read the readings as a family together, the Word of God, God is in His Word. Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. There's a transforming power simply in availing to the Word. And I must say this also. It does require setting aside distractions. And uh, God wants us to have that undistracted time with him when we absorb his word. So we're going to do that. We're going to listen to that second reading coming up this Sunday. And, uh, and then we're just going to chat. We're going to uh, see how the Lord inspires us with this. Lay it on us, Nick. All right. Um, from Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. Brothers and sisters, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for light produces every kind of goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitless works of darkness. Rather, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention the things done by them in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Beautifully read. Joseph, great recommendation. Thanks. So with all of these, um, we always ask the first question. What struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? And before we go to that, because I'm going to open up the door for us to give some feedback on that, um, there's a second and a third question, and then we kind of call it a go-around. And the second question, we're seeking to tap one key area of the reading that challenges us. And the third question it's not, imp- it's not enough just that we are fed, right? It's got to overflow. So who might be that person that we're going to approach this week and uh, encourage or challenge to um, similarly reflect upon that, that uh, key challenge? And then the final go-around question, which we, are, we don't have time to do tonight, but is really awesome. You go around with each person in this case and say, go around, share with each person how he, she has helped you more fully walk from darkness into the light of Christ and encourage them. So that's the go-around question. Now, Dad, Mom, imagine how cool it would be, you got one kid, three kids, in our case, six kids, to hear from, in our case, six kids. I get to hear from each one of them how I've helped them more fully walk from darkness into light. I mean, it is a tremendous encouragement for us that we rarely get. You know, as Allison was talking about, you know, just loving ourselves, you get the affirmation that a family ought to be to reflect to us God's light in our lives, which is really cool. All right. Um, And I'm noting, actually, with a smile on my face, there's some weird wording in the second one. I missed something in there. So as we're talking, I'm fixing it. So um, we'll go to that first question, though, and I just open it up. What struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? Anybody? Um, I'll go. (laughs) And you are? I am Sarah. Um, I just, when we were reading this, um, I had a conversation with Mrs. Schleter, actually, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, um, about something that I was struggling with, a friendship. And one piece of advice that she gave with me that stuck with me, like, 
till now and in this reading is like super evident um, to bring things to the light Um, Mm. that the evil one wants us to harbor things and to hide them and like like it says in there keep them in secret Um, but Jesus calls us to bring things into the light um, bring truth into the light and to bring meaningfulness into the light and so that just challenged me a ton because even though Mrs. Shalito t- said it to me, it doesn't mean I actually followed through with it. <laughs> so um, just bringing things to light, especially just me personally, um, I'm not a huge person. Person, I don't like confrontation. I don't like to argue. I don't like um, sticky situations. Um, so a lot of times when I'm hurt or sad, um, I keep them within me and I um, just let them eat me alive, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of just gave me a good reminder of um, bringing things to like, like Mrs. Schleter said to me. So if any of us are facing, as we all do, stuff or junk, maybe some of us just um, go to distraction. Mm-hmm. We don't face it. We, we cover it over. And, you know, for some of us who are older, it's been years of doing this with a brother or a sister or a friend, and we just disregard something that is a source of darkness, mm-hmm. a source of maybe even toxicity. So maybe one is just, regardless of that other person, if it is another person, you know, can we write it down? Can we talk to somebody about it? Can we say, hey, this challenged me? But then even more in the light of Christ, can we see, well, how does God see that? Because he's conquering and he's victorious and he's Lord and he's bigger than anything we face. Beautiful reflection, Sarah. Anybody else? I think similarly to Sarah, I just the part that struck me was just talking about exposing the uh, works of darkness and just making sure that they are exposed by the light. And it says, everything exposed by the light becomes visible for everything that becomes visible is light. And so for that, for me, that just speaks to the fact that, and I found this uh, in my life, just the fact that our sins that are deep down that only we know about are going to stay that way. They're going to, we're going to keep falling into those unless we bring those to light, unless we confront them, as Mr. Sweeter was talking about. And I found that just having that conversation with someone, just saying it out loud, just making it material, making it concrete so that we know what we're up against has helped so much and just that's just a challenge for me is just it says take no part in the fruitless works of darkness is such a definitive um right not kind of sort of take no part yeah it's it's a very definitive statement and just that if we bring these things to life we don't keep them secret we can actually face them we can't run from them when we've made them concrete in front of other people how much of a challenge is it today with your culture to maybe even know what's dark or what's light. You know, do you encounter among your peers people who just engage in things of the darkness because it's just what they do. It's just a way of life. You know, they have devices and they're looking at stuff or interacting in ways and they don't even think of it as, as, as um, I don't know, weighing dark or light. How much of a challenge is that and how do you address it? Yeah, that's something that for sure is, um, for a lot of people, they as you talked about that there's no line there the line has been blurred there's everything is in that gray area where if you believe that it's right if you want it to be right if you feels good if it's this or that we can just live with that and we can accept people as they are but and a lot of people talk about this but no one really acts on it i feel like is love isn't accepting a person for it's accepting a person for who they are but not accepting their actions it's for Love is about pushing someone toward what you know they can be, what uh, pushing them toward their greatest attributes and helping them to dispose of 
those actions, those um, parts of their personality perhaps that are dragging them down and keeping them from Christ because if we define love as just accepting a person and all their actions and just letting them live their life like that, then... I don't I don't know what that is. It's like allowing them to be in a prison cell because you know, we want to tolerate them in the prison cell or in their shackles or is there emaciated in an eating of of scraps as opposed to good food while we're tolerating them with that situation. I had the thought the other day and I'm using the word tolerance because I hear that a lot while well, you're intolerant you're tolerant, but truly if we're tolerating sin, we're not tolerating God. If we're, t- if we're being tolerant of sin, we're being intolerant of God. And what I'm not saying here is beat somebody over the head and self-righteous and here's the truth. And I think there's another thing the enemy does here too with this realm is he maybe makes us think there's only two categories of addressing this. One is not say a thing and the other is beat them over the head. Those are not the two categories. Christ never evidenced either of those categories. He spoke the truth with love, which means he cared enough about the good of that person to um, to tap that, as Matthew Kill had say, the best version of themselves. And that's a tough thing to do with brothers and sisters. I suspect it's easier, though, like, say, lit group, where you know you're honest about the fact that you're on a journey and we're all broken. And there's blessedness in the brokenness, right? The Mass. This is my body broken for you. Jesus gives us his very witness of himself that we can be broken. But when you know somebody loves you, it makes a huge difference versus sort of a finger pointing, you're wrong and I'm right type of thing mm-hmm. yeah and i that's what i was talking about earlier just the community is so important because when you're in a community and you see other people open up and you see the response that they get and i've been with people who have just either said things to me or admitted things that they wouldn't ever say to anyone and for me that my respect for that person only goes up and when people witness that they're able to more fully jump in and when People are able to bring these things to light, as we were talking about. That is a huge, huge deal. Anybody else on this theme, darkness and light? Abby, bring it. Okay, so the lines that stood out to me were, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Sorry, Nick. Um, But the the wording stands out to me because it says you were once darkness mm. um i would typically think you'd say like you were once in darkness mm-hmm. right um so but i think yeah i think this is a reminder to me that like you know we have the choice god has given us the choice to either um live in sin or to live a holy life um and obviously he wants us to live a holy life but he's loves us so much that he gave us the choice um and so it just makes me think like, you know, your actions become who you are. So you not only live in darkness, but you become darkness when you are separated from God. And that draws other people to darkness. And it's just really posing the question to me, like, do you want to be darkness in this world or do you want to be light in this world? And obviously, like, I, I want to be the light in the world. Not only do I want to be living in the light, but I want to be the light in the world. And how beautifully that's reflected in in some of these great narratives, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, right? Smeagol and Gollum, you know, that he started out, you know, in virtue probably, you know, a light was upon him and he found himself corrupted slowly and surely and became sort of iconic of evil. But even then, Gandalf saw the good in him, maybe just because I like Lord of the Rings. But is that not (laughs) the truth for all of us, that it's in degrees, you know, you... You know, like you said, you were once darkness because of a gradual 
degradation and often we don't think of ourselves in um, axe murder or whatever well it didn't start out that way somebody didn't start out being unfaithful to their wife or premarital sex right away they they drew a line in the sand and somewhere along the line they erased that line and went to another line and that's the way the enemy works and interestingly enough the cultivation of habit is the exact same way that god wants us to in lent perfect season for us to talk about this what's that reclaiming or that place where i can reclaim a step of grace and and acquire a confidence of God's conquering power in my life that's going to cause me to, you know, cultivate a habit of becoming a saint again. Nick, were you going to say something? Yeah, um, I'd like to add that um, though you were once darkness, you know, that kind of hurts. Um, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's really calling us out and telling us that, um, you know, we're, we're not perfect and we definitely need God's, um, God to um, come into our lives. And like he says now, but now you are light in the Lord. And um, that's really inspiring because, you know, we started so wrong, and but we, we've made this journey um, through him. And once we connect with Jesus and strengthen that relationship, it really pushes us towards the light and becoming better people so we can um, spread the word to others. And I'll add to, um, what was it? Um, it said, you know, about exposing exposing things as well the exposing mm-hmm. the bad um you know with your light once you you know on that journey you become good and you gain that light and that um i would say that mindset of trying to please lord please the lord and it says you know try to learn what is pleasing to the lord he doesn't tell you to actually you know you have to do this but it has to be your decision mm-hmm. and you have to it has to be your decision to to try and follow him to do the best you can and to be that best person so that you personally out of free will can become that better person and become closer to christ awesome and to try to do that i just want to keep it really real um i know you young people are young people of integrity I know each of you have had your battles and have your battles and didn't just arrive here, you know, if you will, the place you're at spiritually didn't, wasn't there 10 years ago. There have been steps to bring you here. So my point is, is, as you're articulating what you said, Nick, you're going back to school tomorrow, and does that culture affirm living in the light? And how do you um, maintain strength? Speak to those young people out there, which I believe is everybody, but many are aware of it, but they fall because of the pressure and the fear and, and all of that. So speak mm-hmm. to that young person that's going into that environment tomorrow. They're, they're, they're resonating with this. They're hearing you guys. They're hearing the witness. They're hearing the testimony, but they know tomorrow morning they're going to get hit in the face with a full-fledged cloud of darkness. Yeah, it's easy to say it. It's easy to say it, and but it's really difficult to live. You know, um, once you go to the real world and you go out to school and you you see all these different people and these different um, ways of life it's tough because you know you're hit with sin and temptation every day and every minute of, a minute of the day and um, to really combat that it's just really tough and you need to really stay disciplined mm-hmm. and you know it's possible there are people out there that are really trying to fight that that battle and um, you know I'm one of those people every day you know i'm always hit with temptation and you know i just am trying every day to um to try and do what is pleasing to the lord like the like the scripture said and just you know connect closer to christ so that i can better myself you know it's it's a it's a journey it's a process awesome joseph you wanted to say something yeah so the line that hit me was awake O sleeper and arise from the dead like i just think that's so powerful because it's been said that like the the church is a is a sleeping giant 
and we're all kind of like sleepwalking Catholics in our, in our faith. We're just like sleepwalking in our faith. We're going through the motions, doing things without putting any thought behind them. And God wants us to like awake from the dead. Awake because if the church awakes from the dead and like if the church and like the people in it stop just sleepwalking and stop um, being so concerned um, about everyone around them and what they're all thinking and just stop going through the motions and just doing everything in that way. Like, that's when Christ, like, the light of Christ is just going to pour out through everyone. Like, His grace and His mercy and His power is just going to flood when we're finally able to stop sleepwalking and to stop, you know, living in this darkness and deadness of our life and really just bring it and, like, wake from the dead and, like, live our faith out in an excited, intentional way. Amen. And something I would like to add to that, because you picked the line, there's there's so much in there, um, but awake. Your birthday line. And around, that's right. It's Ephesians five fourteen. My birthday is May fourteen. May fourteen. That's how I always knew that scripture, um, because we used it on a ministry team back in the day. But just the first two verbs, my teacherness is going to come out. The first two verbs. Teacherness. I like that. I make up words. Something as a paradoxical too, about that. Right? But anyway. So awake and arise, which are two things that we do right they're action verbs like we take those steps we need to awake we need to arise and that's what the lord is asking of us like wake up stand up and then what's the next thing and christ Mm. will give you light like if we trust in him and do our part and look to him to be that light he will guide he will enlighten he will he will provide he will be that source of strength um, to show us the truth outside of the darkness to produce every kind of goodness and righteousness as the scripture says so we take that first step Amen, sister. Preach it. <laughs> so, um, Steph, I'm going to have you get us going in the prayers, and we're going to lift up. Take a, take a moment here. I wanted to, did Allison have anything to say? Not to put you on the spot directly, but you guys go ahead. Allison I'd rather hear from the young people we have with us. <laughs> I can add something if you Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to what Abby and Nick were talking about, that you were once darkness, but now you were light in the Lord line. Just the fact that... Um, I think leading by example is so important and Mm. each of us go out and we're either going to influence the people around us in a positive or negative way. So you just have to take the opportunity to be light instead of darkness to others. And in the end it says uh, Christ will give you light. So me personally, I know I always feel like inadequate or not good enough, but this reading says Christ will equip Mm -hmm. you with what you need to, um, lead others so the the beauty of our go ahead no robert wanted to say one more thing too i was just gonna jump back to when mr sweeter was talking about what steps need to be taken when you're going into your daily job your daily uh school whatever it is i think something that a lot of people don't realize is that before you go into battle you need to suit up right you need to I um, love it. You have to prepare for that. If you go in, if you act like you're, it's not going to happen, if you act like uh, you're not going to go into that battle, then you get surprise attacked and you don't have any armor on and you're, you're dead in the water. Um, so I think something for me that's always been helpful is just recognizing at the outset of the day, at, uh, the night before, okay, I'm going to be faced with these challenges, I'm going to be faced with these temptations, these uh, uh, pulls to just fall back into the comfortable and I think something that you need to do is just cast out comfort. Just realize that Christ is not calling us to a comfortable lifestyle. Christ is not calling us to live in the comfort. We're called to 
walk out in the waters uh, with fully prepared just to fall and let him lift us up. So I think we need to cast out comfort, uh, get rid of that at the outside of the day if we're going to be able to uh, try to live the way Christ wants us to. Amen. So, folks, um, a good image for our Catholic faith is baptism. And I even say that we take ordinary things. God showed us that he created the physical world and their occasions of encounter with him. And they've been perverted and corrupted, but he restores them. He transforms them. He takes something that can be destructive like the flood and Noah and the water and make it the, the baptism through the waters so we can come to life. Similarly, I want you to think about that, water into wine, the wedding feast of Cana. Ordinary things, these desires God gave us are for him. And things like social media, I do understand the value certainly we got to put um some lines and definition on that i'm hand in the air even me um you know but to, but it can be used for the glory of god it can be used for the glory of god it can be used to bring his kingdom and to give witness to him and i've been discovering over particularly over the last year ways of simply posts that is for instance many praying is powerful what can we lift up with you right now and i get dozens and dozens of people who i get to pray for and they get to pray for one another so just an encouragement to you the means that god gave you he gave for his glory, number one, and we're never going to really fully discover that abundant life if we don't go to him with this physical means, our bodies, our lives, our resources, our blessings. If we don't go to him and say, God, help me to discover your purpose for these. I want to use them all in for you. That's going to be the source of joy and living water. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. And Steph, we're just going to alternate and lift these up quickly. Dean, we're going to join him in praying for Nancy, his cousin's wife, in a car accident uh, about an hour ago. She's in the hospital. We lift her up. For all those going on their Kairos retreat, Lord, that they may truly encounter you there. Uh, Carol's praying for CCHS. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Whoa. <laughs> all right. Um, Julie, we're lifting up uh, a friend of hers. We join DJ and Melissa lifting up Matthew Brinker for sobriety restoration um, of a brain injury and healing in relationships. And as this cues the end of our program, we lift up all of these people, Lord, who posted here. You know their needs. You know our needs. We lift them up to you to the glory of your name, Lord God. And we avail our hearts and minds to you to see that you revealed to us that we're never closer to you than in our suffering, in our brokenness. And we unite that suffering and brokenness with you, God, that they be occasions of living water to flood us and flow through us, and not just end with us, but to reach others. We claim uh, this world for you, Lord, for the glory of your name. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.